quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Peace in Parenting podcast. Today we're really excited because we have our first guest. Woohoo! Her name is Homa and she's here for our episode on parenting through marital upset, separation, and divorce. Yes, all those things. A lot of things to cover, but we're going to make it happen. Yes, we are. 20 minutes or less, maybe. Yeah. In and out. <laughs> Homa, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, Homa? Who who are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here and be sharing this time with you. I have met Michelle a few years ago. Actually, our kids are friends from preschool. So I've known Michelle for a really long time. We were new parents together and we went through all the ups and downs of parenting. And I do have an older child who is just slightly older than ours, but I think just all together overall, we were just trying to get through the day and we did a lot of, you know, co-parenting together, not knowing what it was, just talking it out and being in her backyard in the summer and having dinner together and watching the kids play in the pool. And it just made me feel a lot better knowing that I was around someone else who was having a little bit of a concern and difficulty. A hard hard time. (laughs) I mean, it was great for the majority of the time, I would say, but you know, there were those moments where we're like, what are we doing? And how are we how did we get here? So wait, so tell us how old your children are. So Ava is 15 years old. She's currently a sophomore in high school. I don't know how it's possible. It's almost like she's my roommate. But um, I also have Gavin, who is 14. And he is in eighth grade. Yeah, with Esme. So that's how the connection. um, That's the connection between us. Um, so Homa and I are going to talk about our separations. We don't call them a divorce because we're not divorced yet because we're still, we're still working on that. (laughs) We're in a long-term separation kind of situation where both of us have been separated. I've been separated for three years and Homa 
I'm going on four years at Christmas. Yeah. And we just wanted to really talk about what it's like to parent through separation and divorce and what that looks like. And just, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there who go through this and it was time for us to, we really wanted to talk about it. So we're just going to kind of dive in to all that stuff. You want to go first? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to also address the fact that we're both by choice, not pushing the divorce. We're kind of focusing on, you know, assessing what's happening and how to co-parent and what would be the best way to do it. So it's not that we don't want to be divorced. It's that it's on the list of things to do, but we're just not there yet. Yeah. And um, I think that's part of it. I think a lot of people, you know, get lawyers right away and um, try to, you know, it becomes this big, huge ordeal. And I've tried to kind of let it just happen and slowly, you know, separate and make it easy on the kids by just not making it full of conflict and trying to keep it calm and trying to keep it, you know, trying to keep the conflict away from them. And I think that's been the really big part of um, this separation between I was married for, well, I'm still married, but if we talk about it in the, in the, in the right sense, I was married for 16 years and I married my um, college boyfriend and uh, we knew each other since we were 18. And so I have a lot of, you know, adoration for him and he's a great father. And I think when you can go into it like that, thinking like this is a human being that I was married to that I care about and that, that it's still going to be in my life and be with my children. And so how can I make this easy on all of us and still kind of keep us as some sort of family unit? And we try to some of the things that we try to do to make it easier on the kids is we try to have, you know, meals together. Sometimes we do our holidays together still. Um, we go to the school events together when possible. And we just tried not to make it. I know my parents got divorced. And when they got divorced, it was like I my skin crawled when those two were in the room together because it was so <laughs> conflict ridden, you know, and I think a lot of people go through that. And I just was like, I want to do it differently for my children. Um, we also don't have a custody schedule so much right now we're doing, I get them during the week and he has them every weekend because it's been easier for them to do school. I'm near the school and it's easier for them to kind of have me as a home base during school. So they don't have to, you know, go back and forth during school. And he's been really good about taking them on the weekends and taking care of their activities. If he has a reminder, maybe (laughs) (laughs) or a few reminders, the kids are really good about reminding him now. Um, and so those are some of the things that we've just tried to do to like make it minimum. It's not a, these poor kids, they didn't ask for this, right? They didn't ask for us to be divorced. They didn't even ask to be here. You know, they, we, we brought them into this world. And so it's, it's our job to make this transition for them easier. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. That's exactly what we tried to do as well. I mean, I also was with my ex-husband or my partner for, Ever. I mean, he was my college sweetheart. We were together all throughout our 20s and we got married pretty young and had children pretty young. And we were new parents and neither one of us had siblings who had gone through this before. So we were just trying to make things work for that day. And it's almost like we were treading water for a really long time because our kids are also about 15 months apart. So it was a lot going on newlyweds, new house, new careers, new children in our lives, like everything was new. So I think also marrying someone who you were so close to at such a young age, they become your partner and your best friend. So when I got separated, it wasn't like I wanted to just cut him out of my life because he had been such a huge part of my life. I 
wanted to find a way where I could still keep him in my life. And a lot of times people looked at me and I think they were like, well, she's holding on to the fact that he might come back and they might resolve things. And I don't necessarily see it that way. I really thought that it was really important for me to have a working relationship with someone who was such a huge part of my entire life at that point. And slowly and gradually, it would organically change into what it will be moving forward. And my kids were really attached to him. And he was an amazing dad. And he was very hands on every bath was given by him at night. And I kind of led to me to understand that I think we talked about last weekend how I was very, I felt very judged in my parenting as a new mom by him. And it was mostly because I was a stay at home mom, and he had to go to work every day. And so the minute he walked in the door, I was pushing the children on him like, embracing him and welcoming him in such a huge way. It was such a big deal to have him be home and be with us that we like incorporated bath time together and book time and story time and dinner was always on the table by a certain time. And it was always such a big production for him to be there. So they became very close and attached to him. Don't you remember? Yeah. And I think that's what brought Homa to connective parenting. I think right. when she started, when she separated, I think that she really started to think about, um, you know, what did she want her relationship to look like and feel like with her kids without her partner? And I think that's a big part of like parenting without your partner is that you really do. You have that other partner out there parenting and you're like, oh, are they going to like them better? Are they going to like, is that going to be the person they go to now because we're no longer together? Am I the mean mom? Am I the like, am I the taskmaster? Are they the fun person? And so it really makes you think about like, what do I want my relationship to look like with my kids? And I think that's what brought Homa to start thinking about maybe I need to get more connected. Right. That's exactly what happened. I was so fearful that I was the disciplinarian and I was a nanny and the cook and telling everybody what to do and never really connected to any one of them. And I was so terrified that my children would not love me now that we were not together anymore, that they would only have love for him, that I needed to change something. And I remember coming to you and just crying hysterically going, I'm going to lose them. I've already lost my partner and I'm going to lose my children. And they have been my life for the last 10, 15 years. I mean, this has been everything I've known and I didn't want to lose them. And I wanted to know how to connect with them because as much as I did everything for them, took care of them and made sure they were safe and clean and fed and loved, that wasn't what I wanted to them to remember me by. I wanted them to remember me that I was home. I was the person who they could come to no matter what, that I would never judge them, that I would only have love for them. And I didn't feel that we had that at that point. Yeah. So and were I think they older when you got divorced or were they young? Well, it was four years ago, so they were. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> nine, but they like and, babies. nine and ten. They were nine and ten. Yeah. So not necessarily. Um, you know. They you knew know what was going on. They yeah. knew what was going on, and I think Homa really came into. We did a group, and she came in, and she was really great about saying, "Oh my gosh, I've got to. I I have to get connected to them, and I can do this, and I can do special time with them, and I can listen to big feelings." But it was something she hadn't been doing for ten years, and so it's it's hard to change those patterns. It's hard to change those patterns when you're first starting, let alone ten years later into your parenting. But she really embraced it, and I think it's I think it's really helped you guys become closer. Absolutely. I really feel like it's been night and day. I feel like a completely 
different parent. I think that I reserved all that connection for my partner, their dad, and I made him feel special by giving him that opportunity to connect with them every single night. And it, I, I think I became resentful that I didn't have that. And I was only seen by all three of them as the caretaker and not the connective person in the relationships. And I was going to take back that part of it that was missing. Yeah, I think that's true for me, too. I think for me, I was so focused on the conflict between my husband and I. I was so preoccupied and so trying to fix it and so trying to like spending all my energy and time because there was so much conflict going on for years at the end that I I feel like I beat I was neglecting my parenting. So when I and this is sad to say cuz I really do love my ex, but when I let go of that relationship, when I said I can't do this anymore, this is it's taking too much of me. It's taking too much of our family. It's taking too much of everything. I have to let this relationship go. When I was able to say that, unfortunately, I became a better parent because I had all the time and space to focus on my girls. And so that's what dove me even deeper into connective parenting was the fact that my mind space and my bandwidth was so freed up that I was like, holy crap, I... I'm a functioning human. I am not I am not in a fog anymore. I can see the light. Oh my gosh, I can parent. I can do this. I can do it and what else what it did for me what home and I were just talking about is it made me so resilient because I failed. I failed at my marriage. My marriage failed. And that is a big thing to swallow as a person, as a stay-at-home mom, as the only thing I did was be a mom and be a wife. Like it was a big thing to swallow, but I rose from the ashes and I like found myself again and I found my relationship with my girls again and I found my, you know, I found my self-esteem again and I found, you know, I dove deeper into my career again. And there was a lot of good that happened in the separation for me. And unfortunately, I did lose my marriage and, and, and I'm, I'm very sad about that. And I think I probably need to go back to therapy and like mourn <laughs> that part because I don't know if I really have. I'm not right now. I'm too busy, but I will. And I I do think, though, that it's there there was a silver lining. There was a silver lining in all of that. When you were just saying that your your mind, you were focused on other things. It's like the story I told you yesterday. We were about to record podcast and I was like, Michelle, (laughs) I just took three kids and my husband to the mall. And there. so I had my nephew and he had the two kids and he comes walking up with my two boys who I'm like, what did we call it yesterday? The helicopter overprotective. I'm all the things. Like, no, you're not. Don't you're mess fine. with my children. But like he comes walking up and he's looking down at his phone and they're just like freely walking in the mall. And I was like, oh my gosh. And instead of saying something to him, I lashed out at my boys and I'm like, that had nothing to do with them. It was totally like an issue with my marriage that I should have addressed later. But I can't, I can't always parent the way that I want to when I'm upset with him because it fully affects the way that I interact with people in my life. I know. I think that's so true. It's hard to do that separation. I've, and like we talked about earlier, I don't know when what episode, but you were saying like, it affects you. It really does. And it's like, it's like there's hard tension in the house. Yeah. Yeah. That they vibe off of that, mm-hmm. that the kids feel it and that things become more difficult. And I think when, when I got separated, I was like, oh my gosh, that vibration is gone. You know, like, <laughs> yes. oh, that vibration is gone. Like I don't have it in my ear anymore. And I think but there are ways that you don't have to get divorced. You know, like there are yeah. ways to or separated. <laughs> I'm not divorced. Let's just keep it out there real. Okay. 
Um, but we, there are ways to mitigate that in your marriage. There are ways to say like, I'm not going to talk about my spouse. You know, I'm not going to talk about our conflict in front of the kids. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to take breaths when I need to. I'm going to use my self-care and I'm going to make time and space though to talk about those things outside of the children because they'll still bubble up. I think it's hard when you have kids too because they're like witnessing everything. So you like kind of want to get them on your side when there's a fight. I'm always like, oh, you guys, daddy didn't put the bread away. We always put the bread away, don't we? But I'm like, why am I doing that? Yeah, These kids don't need to be a part of that. No, no. But it's I think it's human nature. We can't we can't self-regulate. I think that's the big thing. And um, self-regulation is a really difficult thing to do if we never did it. We didn't have parents who did it. We don't even know what it looks like. So it's like, how do we and home and I were talking about it because she was talking about her daughter was having a hard time. And and she was like, why am I letting it affect me? You know, like I'm taking it personally and we do the same thing in our marriage. We take it personally. And so it's like that same way we come with love and kindness with our kids. Unfortunately, we have to do that with our spouse. We have to come love and kindness. I know because they're adults and they should know better. Yeah. Right. And I think there comes the time where in the relationship you have built resentment because some issues have not been resolved. And maybe it's not the bread, but it's the lack of respect that you're trying to keep the house clean and organized and someone else comes and doesn't have the same respect for your time or whatever it is. I mean, there's so many different reasons why we get these little things that bother us between our relationship and our partner. But it's the matter of really finding our own self-care in it and just knowing when to let things go and when to really speak up. But as a stay-at-home mom, I felt like my process was very much dependent on the value of how is my family being seen? Like, are we seen as the perfect family. I have a boy and a girl. I have a really kind and loving husband. And so my image became so much greater than what the real issue was between me and my spouse. So I was really image focused on making sure everyone knew that I was not broken inside. I was terribly broken inside. And I remember hiding it so, so deeply from the children, from my family, definitely from our friends. And so when we actually did break up, it was like, wait, what? You and you and your partner broke up, but you were the perfect family. And it was really heartbreaking to hear people say that because my subconscious plan worked. Like I put out that image that we were the greatest family in town. Like it was really important to me because I was suffering so much. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of shame in divorce. I feel like there's so much shame and I don't know why. I mean, I do know why I think society says like, I remember somebody saying like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for you. You got, you're getting separated. And I was like, Calm down. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> Don't catastrophize for me. I'm I'm still breathing. It's okay. It's like it, it it it's bad. Yeah, it's hard. It's a breakup. It's a separation. It's really hard. But we will all be okay. And there's no shame in divorce. 50% of marriages end in divorce and it's okay. Everybody makes it through and there's no shame in it. There's nothing wrong with it. It is a normal part of life just like marriage. It's just as popular as marriage. So it's like, you know, like I think that we have to take the shame out of it. We have to say this didn't work, but we're okay. We're going to move through this and we're going to be fine. And my kids are going to be super well adjusted and super extra resilient because they had to go through this. And that's it too. Like they learn like everything can fall apart, 
and it can all be put back together differently and you will be all right. And I think that's it too. And I, when I say, when people say to me, I'm getting divorced, I say, congratulations. I'm so happy for you that you've made a decision about your life that's going to bring you more happiness. Because we you all don't just stay together for your kids, because sometimes that's worse. Like when you're even if you're trying to hide all the fighting and the tension, it's there. Everybody oh, knows what's going on. I mean, in your house, at least. And that's yeah, I do think it's worse because my kids don't have to deal with conflict anymore at all. None. Zero. And so that's that's monumental to me. I don't want them to have to deal with that. I have a friend who's been talking about separation for a long time and she's miserable. He's miserable. The kids are miserable. Everyone's so miserable. And I'm like, just do it, sweetie. You can do it. We are here for you. There's no shame in it. Choose happiness. Your life is long. You deserve to be happy. They deserve to be happy. He deserves to be happy. And if you're unhappy, move forward. And so I think I feel like the shame part is really hard, but I want to tell anybody out there, like, can just throw that away. There's no need. And I think along with shame comes fear from, especially from me, from a stay at home mom point of view. I mean, I did have side hustles that I was trying to do and like, (laughs) you know, bring in money. But my number one job that I saw myself absolutely doing was being a mom. And I wanted to drop off every day and I wanted to pick up every afternoon. And, you know, it was really important. But I think the fear of not having my partner and not having their dad around every day, I was terrified. I became very codependent and I did not even realize that I was codependent dependent until even recently. I think Michelle and I were talking about that saying, oh my gosh, I was codependent. That's what codependency looks like. Yeah. It's all about putting, it's so, you know, putting other, other people's feelings and, and, um, issues above your own, you know, so that you're second and that, you know, you'll make sure everyone else is okay. But what about you? I remember when somebody said to me, I was talk, talking about, I, th- I said, I think I need to get separated and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, but maybe I shouldn't because, you know, I should just stay there and the kids and this and that. And then they said, what about you? And I was like, oh, oh, my gosh. What about me? I need, I need something for me. I deserve to have me again. And I lost myself. And I think that was a big part of it. So all this stuff is just, you know, food for thought and things to think about. And, um, you know, I think the other thing is, is just really thinking about trying to keep your kids out of your conflict, whether it's in a marital conflict, whether it's in a separation or divorce and just keeping them really separate because it's hard on them. They don't want to choose sides. They don't want to see us fight. They don't want to hear us say bad things about their, um, you know, mom or dad. And so that's another thing I try to do is like talk kindly about their dad in front of them. You know, like, oh, your dad's so funny and he does this and he does that and try to like say positive things. And I always say, I love him. You know, I will say that to them in front of him, them so that about him in front of them so that they, you know, it's it's all about just keeping them safe, emotionally safe. I think that's important in like marriage, too, when you're in a fight or if you're nearing separation, like whatever it is, it's don't talk about the bread. Just like, yep, daddy didn't put the bread away. This is what it is. (laughs) We talked about the bread a lot, so it's okay. You're not the only one who talked about the we talk bread. About the bread, the and laundry, the like, shoes. Oh, your dad was 30 minutes late. Oh, oh, isn't that interesting? Okay, well, I, you know, it's moving on. Not perfect. I've said mean things about him in front of them. Then I, but I know better, and I try not to. That's that's the best we can do, right? Okay. They're any last listening. things, Homa? Any last things you want to 
Well, I did want to come back and say what you were talking about, how we stay really kind and loving to our partners. And I just wanted to reiterate how important that is and how helpful that's been for me really to also get through the separation and soon to be divorce as well, is that I, I really loved their dad and I will always love their dad. And for me, that person will always be very, very important. And most importantly, I think the kids need to know that I don't ever speak ill about him because they are half of him. And so I don't want them to feel ashamed or embarrassed or feel bad about who they are. I mean, I picked this person because I knew in my heart he was going to be my partner and my the father to my children. I knew it the second I saw him. I'm like, this is it. This is him. I was 18 years old and I am grateful and I love that it actually came to fruition and he is that person. And I think the kids know that, you know, they came out of love and everything else afterwards, that's on him and on me. Like that's whatever happened afterwards is has nothing to do with the kids. But from their point of view, their dad is great. And to me, he will always be the most wonderful, kind, loving partner that I've had. I love that. Sweet. Really love that. Michelle, I also was just thinking with you, you also taught him how to do all the connective parenting stuff. So when they're not with you, they're also getting it over there, right? Yeah. So we did, we did six weeks with a coach and then it was, yeah, we did. That's how I started. So I did six weeks with a coach. And then after the six weeks, I was like, oh no, 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 you can't leave. So (laughs) we did an additional (laughs) six weeks. So we did 12 weeks together every week we met with this coach. And so he did the 12 weeks with me, every single one of them. And before we got separated, we d- he did special time every day. We did play listening in the morning. We He really did it. He has a really hard time listening to upset feelings. He's the fixer. So that is not his forte. So I get a lot of the feelings, but he'll say like, oh, we did special time this weekend and blah, 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 blah. And I'll he'll, sometimes he'll say, oh, I'm having a hard time with the kids and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do special time. He's like, you're so right. And then he'll do it and then it'll be better. And so, yeah, he's really good about it. Not all of it, but he does it and he understands it. So that's so important. That's helped us tremendously through this breakup. Yeah, that they can be connected to both of you still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's lucky. They're super lucky. But you did say to me in the beginning, Michelle, is it true that you said that they need at least one parent? They don't have to have both, which is really a relief because I started this parenting after my separation. So this is just me learning how to be connective. And as much as I tried to share with my ex, it was not the same as if it was coming from directly from Michelle and, you know, learning from the process. But you said that it was important that they have one. Yeah, they need one connected parent who they can rely on in that way, you know, and and that's all they need to get through. They don't need their they don't base, need, right? They're safe yeah, and a lot of and a lot of married couples they still only have one. That and that's very okay true. too. Yeah, and then yeah. you know, I have a lot of clients who just do this parenting and their partner doesn't, and or they do it mostly and their partner isn't around that much. So yeah, they only really do need one. All right. Thank this you was guys really for sharing your stories. That was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad Yay. you came. Well, we'll be back next week. We don't know what we're talking about. We have something on our list, but we, we have now, a list. Yeah, <laughs> we got a long list. 
But if you have questions, um, please find us, um, Peace and Parenting, on Instagram and on Facebook. And leave us a review if you liked this topic. It's kind of off topic, but on topic. So yeah. we are, we're just curious what you think about it. We'd love your feedback. We should open a um, discussion on our Facebook group the week this yeah. comes out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We definitely we'll will. discussion going on this. Okay, guys. We'll okay. see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, right. Alma. Bye. Thank you.